Hey everybody, welcome back to Breach Burnt Podcast, coming out of the Great Lakes region. Um, got a couple guys with me today. Uh, everyone introduce yourself. Hey y'all, I'm uh, Brian. I'm Zach. Hi, this is Scott. Hey, and uh, yeah, today our episode is talking about kind of brainstorming ideas for some models that we think are maybe under underbroad or underappreciated, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're not game designers, we're not geniuses, um, but these are just a couple ideas off the dome to kind of fix a couple models or at least get them brought a little more frequently. So Some really cool looking models that I don't play with enough because I don't feel like <laughs> they actually are worth it. So the Yasunori? Uh, I was going to wait to bring that up. I'm not going to pick Yasunori. He needs a change. I would love to see something because he is so beautiful, and I spent so much time painting him. But yes, I will not be talking about him. Everyone knows he needs a fix. That's some low-hanging fruit, then. Uh... He he needs to be a, a, a rider, he, uh, you know, an actual rider again. Give him... <laughs> well, he... for, ele- for 11 stones, he should be. <laughs> For all the times he got played in second edition, he needs a rest, he needs a timeout, and then later on he can come back. We're already derailed. This is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think we're starting with 10 Thunders today, so Brian, why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right, so I bought this model forever ago, and I've tried to play it and tried to play it and tried to play it. Uh, The Obsidian Statue. it is a model that I love. It's a huge, giant model compared to some of the other ones. And uh, in general, I just it doesn't ever want to fit for me into any crew, even Mayfang as a construct. I, I have options that it's... Well, just, just digging into it, um, looking at it, it generally wants to be buyer models because it has bodyguard. But then its bonus action uh, says all models. Not just enemy models, but all models treat it as hazardous burning and then it's front of the card action has intense heat during the start phase enemy models with burning gain burning one but there are so few instances to get burning out there in 10 thunders that it doesn't really do much there's like three or four models that i've ever really found compare with it so while i I didn't fully rework the statue for nine points um i did make some tweaks Uh, i took off the bodyguard and, and focused in on, like, area control. Uh, and then I switched its bonus action, which is Ring of Fire. Normally, it's until end phase. Other models treat the area within range as hazardous burning one terrain with a trigger to do its other bonus to heal itself. I've made that not other models. So basically, it gets affected by its own Ring of Fire. This comes into play because the other thing I'm giving it is a front of hot card ability from Karis, um, which is Scorching Radiance. Uh, that's the one where at the end phase, instead of it taking damage, another model within three can. And then because it still needs a, a real niche, I decided to give it lighted up. The bonus action that you get from the Draken Troopers. So more burning and marker removal. Because if you listen to our other episode about the few weaknesses that the Thunders have, Marker removal is something that the Thunders could actually use. So so if you're giving it the Burning Radiance, like, is it keeping Flame... Is it having Flameborn still necessary? 
but just for the sake of like just for setting that up you would still want to pass it off otherwise it's just sitting there not taking damage i think that's like part of the play with karis is that you have to have models there to pass it off so that's like the risk reward of such a strong ability it is but without i thought of that but because there isn't really too many ways outside of its own action to start building uh burning on itself Mm-hmm. In general, unless you're playing into Karis or something, and generally they don't care about fire anyways. Sure. I mean, even if it just does its three actions in its own thing, first turn, it's only going to have three burning, which is one damage to something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to really build fast enough to make it a super damaging thing, because it's not in a crew that's going to stack burning on it. Sure, sure. So I didn't think it was OP, but still kind of a cool thing. Yeah, and it's not like... Like, like you mentioned, it's not like there's another keyword in, in Thunders that, like, stacks burning the same sort of way Karis does. So, yeah, I can see it's not not really a big... So, long and short, just because I kind of rambled in there, I took off the Bodyguard ability and the Intense Heat ability and replaced it with Scorching Radiance and then made itself affected by Ring of Fire. And that was it. I think that would be enough to make it cool enough and thematic enough for me to want to play. So you think defense three is fine? Uh, yeah, it's not great, but I also didn't want to make it OP. I will mm-hmm. say with reconstitute fragments, unless they have um, anti armor stuff, which in thunders it's a hit or miss going into thunders if you're going to see it. Uh, it can actually be pretty durable. Sure, with the armor too. And it's not like thunders is lacking healing. No, but yeah, it does get hit by everything. <laughs> <laughs> So then where do you see that this model would go in to your cruise? Uh, giving it the lighted up uh, ability. So it's area control and area denial. And if you just need marker removal. Everybody needs marker removal. Yeah. I mean, you have Lotus Eaters. We talked about in another episode. There's not much. Mm-hmm. It is it's expensive. So with laugh off and that, it can get to an area, sit in the area, and kind of control a space while at range being able to remove uh, markers and conditions. See, I don't think that's so bad. Like, I mean, we, we, we like to joke about Thunders having answers to everything, and sure, this would sure up another one of their weaknesses, but at least it's a nine-stone model. Like, it's not cheap. So, like, to try and deal with that, you'd be bringing something extremely expensive. I mean, it's semi-durable, but it's not like a super tank. It's not defense six with armor. It's defense three with armor two. Mm-hmm. But either way, I think it's enough to at least get it playable. If I would say I would bump it up to defense five, but it is still a min three beater too. I have to say, I think at at, at best it, it it would be min four. I mean, not min, but it would be defense four. But I think in that case, having that downside is perfectly fine. So yeah, that's the new Obsidian statue. A model I've never seen on the table before. <laughs> I've played it. And I've always regretted it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the resers. Oh, boy. Resers. So just so people know, the reason why I did not go with Mortimer at all is just because I, I don't understand the model, like what it's trying to do. Um, and I just knew if, if I were going to try and fix that, I would just redo the entire thing. And I didn't want to go through all that. So instead, um, I'm choosing a model I have seen on the table and have seen some glaring issues with. That's a Sura Rotten. Um, so a versatile henchman, eight cost. She's. Are you sure she's eight cost? 
that that's that's part of the issue. So she costs eight to hire, but she costs way more than that to function. <laughs> um, and like that's that is the big big issue with her. So conceptually speaking, she is the zombie horde model. She's the one that's supposed to be your zombie summoner, right? The issue is everyone else who summons zombies does it better and cheaper. Um, like with, with the emissary tossing out its coffins and exploding them into zombies, uh, Anna can just do it on a built-in trigger on her gun. Like there's, there's so many other options for something. I mean, shit, Stuck two can just punch somebody and, and summon one. So like she's just sitting here. I think she's been power crept really hard. Not that she was particularly good to begin with. Um, but yeah, she, she has a lot of issues in terms of actually functioning without eating all the cards and stones that you've brought with you. So, um, I went into this with that in mind. And also, um, this is being recorded right after Gwil was showing off in Waldo's Weekly. Um, so he has a decay as well, and he has a built-in trigger to heal his living friendly models. So she has the, the antithesis to that. She has the healing for undead models. Uh, the first change I thought of in this situation is just build in that crow. Um, if he can have it, they're the same cost. They're both henchmen. If he can have it, she can have it. As far as I'm concerned, just, just build that in like that on its own would help out. Not that resers necessarily need it, but it would help out her role within resers as that's one extra option for a good chunk of the faction. She can now blast into enemies and heal your zombies. There you go. Um, so zombie apocalypse, the tactical action. This is how she summons her zombies. Um, it's incredibly expensive to like, cause you need, it doesn't have a, uh, the, the suit built in to actually get the, the zombie summon off. And mind you, they're like two stone mindless pieces of crap. You know, they're chaff. Um, I think the action should completely be removed. Um, and zombie apocalypse should be added to the front of the card as a ability. Um, namely speaking, I think when she activates, it should summon a zombie into base contact with her just automatically. And then she should be able to remove up to two corpse markers within say four of herself to summon additional zombies. Um, this way it really can play into the whole swarm aspect. The zombies are still limited. You can't get them all out in one turn, but this allows you to get them going. Um, in the place for zombie apocalypse though, um, I think she should add command co- uh, command corpse. Um, this way it really kind of continues on with the whole, she's bringing out these zombies. She's, you know, puppeteering them around. She's leading her horde of zombies. And I think that would, that along with the healing trigger being built in on her decay would set her up to a serve the, 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 the faction with some sort of function and B, give her the zombies that play into the theme of the model and also allows Rottenberg residents to maybe actually be something that becomes useful. Um, <laughs> I recognize having Command Corpse and the reanimate is kind of like a double double obey situation, but I feel like that is entirely what her, her theme is, and she's just, she's just moving zombies around and doing things with zombies. I would say... 
two things on that. One, I think it's actually a pretty good idea, mm-hmm. but uh, make her more Meredith Stanley, Meredith Stanley ish, and she just automatically for free converts a corpse into one, and then has the option of doing more. Uh, so very, very much that similar vein, but also then maybe make one of those obeys mindless zombie only. Well, see, the reanimate one specifically builds in the crow if it's a mindless zombie. So, but you also don't want a very high costed undead to get two obeys on it. Yeah, that's a good point. So you could change reanimate to just being mindless zombie only, and then just automatically build in the crow for it. Like just yeah. have it, just have it built into the stat, make it mindless zombie only. Well, hold on, this actually ignores range mind. Friendly zombie over. Yeah, yeah, just make it mindless zombie only. Um, and then there you go. Yeah, because you don't want her, like, obeying uh, a noxious Nephilim twice, two different ways, or a Kentari, Bet Noir, Valedictorian. Steel, Dead Rider is undead. Mm. Yeah, so I agree with you. Um, change reanimate to mindless zombie only, and then just give her an. Uh, Command corpse. Well, with it still being, even if you kept it friendly zombie, the other models aren't zombies themselves. That's that's a, a specific keyword. So I think you can keep it that way because there are a few zombie models out there other than mindless zombies. So it gives you more uh, opportunity to bring in those models because, again, those aren't used a whole lot. I think actually some mm-hmm. of the Seamus stuff is considered zombie. Um, but I think I, I think having the free action zombie only would, would be fine. And you wouldn't be able to command corpse and reanimate, like you said, valedictorian or the rider or something like that. Scott is right. Scott's paying better attention than both of us. Yeah. But Madame Sybil is a zombie. That is a nine costed, uh, henchman. Sure. Maybe zombie six or under. Keep it to the lower ones. I mean, we're, we're not exactly looking to make things that are amazingly balanced. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still saying uh, giving a rabble riser two free attacks when those things are already ridiculous if, if played right. <laughs> they don't get, you know, unlimited focus now, but. Sure, sure. Either way, keeping it just friendly zombie only or making it mindless zombie only, I think it wouldn't necessarily ruin the game or anything. I think you'd actually see her played then. Yeah, that's the thing. As it stands now, I've only ever seen her played in a zombie swarm um, Revel One list, and even then, you know, this this it, you'd be bringing the Whisper on it, and you'd still be dumping stones and cards and everything, just summon two zombies a turn. And I think that is just ridiculous for for what she's supposed to do. I agree. I like it. All right, yeah, sounds like, sounds like a good idea to me. How about Scott? Okay, so going with the outcast, my uh, first one for this is a uh, desperate mercenary. Um, now this model's been bad for two editions. Uh, you hardly ever saw him in second edition, and I don't think I've ever seen him in third edition. So, I mean, he does have some good things to start off with. You know, he's cost four, four wounds, four, set fours across the board. So not something that's going to live very long. But with Battle Temple, Disguise, he's got Rapid Fire. 
you know, you got some stuff to work there with there. Uh, his uh, rifle, I mean, it is a 14-inch range, which is nice. Stat 5 on a 4-cost model, but 135, not the best. But, you know, you can't expect the world for a 4-cost model. Um, so my thoughts on him is he just needs a little extra helping hand. So um, you know, everyone talks about uh, bottles that can die from one hit. So I thought uh, starting off with hard to kill on him uh, is nice. Now, there are other models in the mercenary keyword with hard to kill. So it is kind of a little bit themey. Uh, the Ronin and Taylor have it. So it's not like he'd be the only one in the keyword. So got uh, some precedence there. And then also... Um, his uh, rifle. Um, now, for the most part, the crew uh, likes to be up close and personal with the Vix. So make his rifle ignore friendly fire so he can kind of stay back and give those extra plink damage. Maybe something that if the Vix go in, they don't finish it off. Maybe he can get a chance at it. Um, that 14-inch that range, ignoring friendly fire, I think would be really good. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's really all I have for him. I thought maybe doing a crit strike on his rifle, but I thought that might be a bit much unless you raise his cost. So, yeah, I think uh, just the friendly fire um, and give him hard to kill. So at least uh, it's going to take at least two hits to uh, take him down. And you can't have a you know a beater come in and one shot him. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you add those couple things on there, and the desperate mercenary could see some play time. So I feel like with how deadly the current. Uh state of Malifaux is it's almost like a mandatory requirement to give these these cheaper models hard to kill at this point like <laughs> if you don't want them to just always lose activation control yeah and that's and that's with these cheaper models that's always the thing you hear people say well i don't want to take it because you know they went in ish now they kill you know my in this case, Desperate Mercenary. Now I'm down activation control, and uh, you know I'm I've just lost. You know, if he dies top of turn two, I just lost you know eight AP throughout the uh, game. I did think about giving him a free action, uh, but I was kind of going through and looking at uh, some models that were four costs, three costs, and stuff like that, and a lot of them don't have a free action, so I did not add one to him. Uh, so uh, just keep them at two AP, four costs, hard to kill, and uh, no friendly fire. I think uh, he would be a, a viable option, you know, especially as maybe as a backfield defender for those uh, pesky uh, scheme runners that are coming to get your uh, symbols and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think, he, think he's good. Sure. I was just thinking because they are very close to but not as good as the Catalan Rifleman at this point because they are five cost and have way more actions for stat four. Yeah. So yeah, I guess, I mean, it it falls in line, but I was just thinking maybe stealth instead of hard to kill uh, to separate them out a little bit more because really they already have disguised. So you're going to have to waste a couple AP to, to go in on them if you're charging, but it's that distance attack that is going to take them off the board. So maybe just stealth. See, I, I had a different idea entirely, actually, where I, I do agree with hard to kill, but I would actually bump them down to three cost and three health um, just to make them cheaper. So, like, the idea of bringing two of them for six instead of two of them for eight, I think, is a lot more uh, appealing. Um, and they, they do have rapid fire, so they can shoot a bunch of times. So, like, I almost feel like 
two two of these dudes for six costs and they can both pop off three shots like it might not be terrible yeah might i go with that actually that i like that better the little the cheap little swarm model to take a little bit from bayou yeah i mean you can only bring two of them anyways you know so like in, in my mind the second you hit four stones i can call you too expensive for what you do and i feel like for four stones he's too expensive for what he does but at three stones, I feel like I could justify it a little bit more as a... Because he's only barely more expensive than an upgrade, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've never looked at a model like that. Barely more expensive than an upgrade. But a lot more AP. Yes, a lot more... A lot, well, you know, that's the thing. A lot more AP assuming it lives. So, yeah. that's That's why I'm on board with hard to kill but then make it cheaper with a little bit less health because the difference between three and four health with hard to kill is pretty negligent and uh, negligible, negligible, negligible words, English. Um, so at that point, I mean, if, if it's going to take two shots to kill him, no matter what, like the difference between three and four health is it, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's negligible. Nothing. It's negligible. Yes. So that's my logic. That makes sense. Now, I definitely don't think that if he was like a, a minion three or four, taking him down to three would be good. But at minion two, yeah, you, that, you know, you don't have to worry about seeing a whole bunch of them on the board. Yeah, yeah, I think it's totally reasonable. All right, well, let's move on to never burn the faction that doesn't need any buffs. Um, well, I've been running a lot of Nekama Broodmother recently, and... I've always kind of had a, a warm place in my heart for Lele Lilitu. They're really cool. They were enforcers in last edition, so this edition they made of minions, and you can have two of each. But bringing both of them is 14 points, which is pretty expensive, especially considering you often are hiring immatures, and it just doesn't really work well enough. Um, they have some card generation, which is pretty unique to the keyword, so I think they are pretty useful, but I think they need a little something, uh, Leilu specifically, uh, because Leilu actually has a stat 7 lure uh, and can whip somebody a friendly for no flip, just draw a card, uh, and you get a black blood of it. So I think Leilu is more the issue. He has stat 6 defense, but only four willpower, and Lily 2 is the opposite. Um, I think that's relatively fine. Um, what I actually would propose is kind of drastic, I guess. I would actually take the regen off of him and uh, give him a front of card ability where if he gets two grow tokens, uh, he can heal a little bit and then summon a fresh blue at like... Um, and what that would do is basically encourage people to kind of get this Lele Lilitu engine where they have this cool ability, Relish and Blood, or tw Twin Soul, rather, where if a Lilitu heals, a Lele can heal and vice versa. Um, but if they just had a little bit more to maybe spawn some new ones, the problem with them right now is that they're okay beaters, but they're not very tanky and they don't really do anything else. Uh, for the keyword, and when youngs are an option, you're you're not going to be scoring points with the Leilu compared to a young. So, 
that was kind of my idea. Do you guys think that's too too wild? Uh, not at all. Um, I agree with you in your assessment. Like when it, where there's youngs, why Lilu? Especially since also the youngs can fly and Lilu can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe also too to make them a little bit more inviting over a young. I mean, move seven. I mean, give them some, uh, give them some uh, uh, running shoes and uh, make them move seven. That might, uh, I mean, he's still not as fast as a young, but uh, he's not as lagging as far behind. Yeah, I like that too. See, my mind, uh, my mind actually immediately went to thinking about Beeb and Calypso. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like because of how these models are intrinsically tied to each other, it would make sense that you would get a discount on hiring to bring both of them. If you take one, you get a discount on the other. Yeah, yeah. Like, say, make it like a two-stone discount so they're, they're treated as if they're effectively, like, cost six each or something. And because I feel like at at their current cost, like, like it's been mentioned for, for seven stones, you could bring a young and the young is just unequivocally better. Yeah. And the issue in Broodmother is that you always have the option. And right now, the really the only grow pattern is Terratot, young, mature. Um, So yeah, I think giving them a little extra something might be more appealing. Yeah. I even thought about hard to wound, but it's a, that might be a little silly. See, I was just thinking about hard to wound, and the whole thing with him is he's he's a like he's he's a masochist, right? So he likes being hurt. So it would th- you'd think that he's built up the the scars and the calluses that would be harder, quote unquote, to wound him. I'm looking at it too is like on his attack, he has a built-in infect trigger. So I I think that needs to be changed. Just let's get rid of the infect. Why Why is Lilo handing out poison? His crew does absolutely nothing with poison. He's the only one who dishes it out. And let's give him keeping the drink blood. I like that uh, because it kind of ties in with the healing between him and Lilitu. Just, uh, give him um, the mass trigger to get another attack. That way he would be on par with, um, well, not on par, but also, the young have that, so if we want to make him an option other than the young, where the young are much better beaters, then, yeah, let's give him the trigger on a mask to uh, get an extra attack. So keep the drink blood, get rid of infect, and um, give him the, the mask trigger. And even we could even do, is since he has a crow built in, maybe give him the ram built in so he has drink blood built in on his attack. See, like that was actually the route I was thinking is get rid of infect altogether, build in drink blood, and then maybe give him like a dismember trigger trigger so he can drop corpses. I mean, this is also something completely different, but I always have looked at Lilu and Lilitu, like the male and female succubus and whatever the male version is. I can't think of the name. Incubus, I believe. Yes, there we go. So I was like, well, if they could build on that to maybe give him, since he has this rocker, masochist type, you know, dominatrix, but male version, uh, maybe give him a distracted instead of the infect, build and drink blood and give him a thing to do a distracted or when something suffers damage from distracted within two, or from black blood within two, give it distracted as well. Some sort of charming, like charm through pain. Actually, speaking of that, you literally just made me think of it. 
you could give him the defensive trigger drawn to pain. <laughs> actually, I think I like that. <laughs> oh, over everything I just said, I actually like that. Yeah, like there you go. <laughs> but I would say maybe what I just said make that into Lilu. Keep it as like a, a, a Lee two. Keep her more of a succubus. So yeah, you guys don't think that building in drink blood would be too much? <sighs> no. It's a one inch range melee on stone seven, seven HP and that is it. So Yeah, I mean I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It, but it does it does seem crazy, but I think that would further play into incentivizing you to bring the pair. You know? I'd say if you uh, got rid of the regeneration, building of the drink blood isn't too much. I agree with that. Yep. Especially if you give him other triggers to compete. If it, if he just if he just has drink blood, then maybe it's too much. But if he has other triggers to compete, we're like, well, do I drink blood or do I do something else? Do you like having dismember? Yeah, you, you do dismember and you know the extra attack on the mask trigger. I think if you have three triggers where it's competing, then yeah, you have choices. Choices are good, especially when you're gonna. You also do want to drop those corpse markers for growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all right, cool. <laughs> Moving on to guild, and I haven't played a ton of guild, so I'm going to talk about a couple of guilds that I have played, and. Uh, one of them, which I talk about all the time, is the elite keyword uh, for Lucius. The investigator is a pretty interesting model that has a very obvious uh, role to me, but it just doesn't do it well enough, especially in Malifaux Burns. And specifically what I'm talking about is it has some cool abilities, namely stand back its evidence after a corpse scrap or scheme is dropped within four, after resolving the current action or ability, this model may push a model within three up the marker, up to three away from it. So that's really cool, but um, this model isn't like up in your opponent's face because it's got paper defense like everything else in Elite. Um, so typically what I've used it for is dropping scheme markers in my crew to get some extra movement, which is really nice. And then it also has an ability called Remove Evidence, where at the start of this model's activation, it may remove a scheme, corpse, or scrap marker within four to draw a card. That ability is pretty amazing, but has pretty limited usefulness because, again, if you're charging it into your opponent's crew to get those things, um, you're not going to be getting those bonuses until the next turn, and it'll be dead by that time. So... <clears throat> Kind of what I was thinking was just a very simple change where stand back its evidence and remove evidence. Both are changed to just be any. Uh, What that would do is basically give you a little bit of reactivity. If somebody's dropping like a pyre marker in your face, you could push somebody away or push an enemy out of your face to kind of get a little bit of benefit out of that. And then remove evidence could remove any marker to draw a card. And I don't think that would be too insane uh, in the way that Lucius could use that specifically uh, is he can issue command to people out of activation to get them into position to actually start using their auras. Uh, I don't think that is too crazy. The other thing I wanted to add is I think their melee attack kind of needs a change 
right now it's a one, two, three, it's a stat seven, zero inch melee. Um, draw out secrets, which is amazing, but they only get the plus two damage if the enemy is staggered, so you really have to pump a bunch of AP into them in order to actually do any damage, and if you miss one of those attacks, then it's just going to be doing one, two, three. So what I'd like to see would be something a little more akin to a tormented model where um, the stagger is just built in to the action um, so that the next attack would kind of guarantee that uh, plus two to damage. Well, with tormented, it, it's, it is very similar to this though, like where they have, they usually have like the stagger trigger built in like this and then you'd get it otherwise, but they usually also have like additional attacks that mm-hmm. just handed out otherwise. Like startle, like on Alan Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. action to initially get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them have stag- uh, startle or something along those lines to set it up. Mm-hmm. But I think I think tormented is is better established to give you the the conditions needed to uh, to set that up. Okay. Also, I'm totally down for your your remove evidence uh, change because it. It low key buffs Corvus Rook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is on him too, and I am down for that. Any marker is great. Yeah, I mean, Guild doesn't have a ton of marker removal as it is, other than the Guild Mage, which will probably get nerfed, to be honest. But the other thing I was kind of thinking would be changing its No Witnesses trigger to Maim, where the opponent has to discard a card that would work with the theme of the crew pretty well and no witnesses is pretty garbage um, especially on a zero inch melee um, i'm honestly surprised they don't have now this is also because maybe you mentioned corvus rook but pressure as uh instead of interrogate that whole make them do something with an attack action if they're on a scheme marker just because they're they are an investigator yeah, that would be cool. Um, I might worry about having too many obeys in the keyword with lawyers also, but uh, interrogate is definitely very limited usefulness. I've had it be amazing like one time, and I've never used it other than that time. <laughs> so uh, that ability could probably use work too. But honestly, if they just built in the if they just built in draw out secrets onto interrogate, I think that would help the action a lot. And pressure is enemy only, so you're not going to be able to obey your own stuff. Okay, fair enough. I guess the only weird thing with that is pressure also lists shadow, shadow markers. markers. Yeah, yeah. So like, like, ugh. there's no other shadow markers in guild. No. All right. Well, that is the investigator. How about them explorers? Oh boy. So. I was at a bit of a crossroads with Explorers. Like, I really wanted to do Kia, but I honestly feel like there's other models that need a little bit more. Um, so I'd like to start off with the Harpooner. Um, I don't think the Harpooner is necessarily terrible. I just feel like for what it does at its cost range, it's just not quite good enough. It's a good model, but when you're facing up against everything else that's that exact same cost in the keyword, it's a hard pick. Yeah, so the changes I want to see with this are actually, in my opinion, quite minor. 
Um, I mean, I, I feel like they would drastically change the the way in which you could play the model in in a way that I think would be really fun and cool. Um, but I feel like it, it would it would be just enough to give it even more of an identity. So the first idea I had was to give it run and gun and then make real in a gun action. And that's literally it. The reason being, you could then charge forward five inches, target a, a, a model or a marker at 12 inches, and then push yourself an additional four inches towards it or pull it towards you four inches and I feel like that sets up some really interesting, like grapple hooky, launching yourself across the table sort of sort of actions that are both really cool to do, but could also allow you to do some really uh, sneaky and tricky things. Um, I think it helps with action economy, and I just I just feel like it opens the model up to be a little bit more creative with the tool set that it currently has. I when you said you had something that you think we would like, I actually do like that because it doesn't change any of the cool stuff I've used the harpooner for, mm-hmm. and just adds the separation between a lot of the stand and shoot part of the crew for the same amount. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Yeah, like like I said, it was it was a really quick and simple thing that I feel like would allow it to a it just boosts its mobility considerably. Also, a 17-inch range on that harpoon gun because of running oh, gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it would just be silly, but like not so silly that I think it's broken. Um, I think it will allow you to do some neat things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all I have on these that I think would make them super fun to play and make me really want to consider using them. It would give it a lot more anti-bubble crew being able to get in there immediately to try to get out the harpoon gun into the compressed net action off mm-hmm. that trigger. Um, Cause yeah, that's what I've used them a lot for is getting that extra staggered out or that, that chance of staggered at a huge range. Um, so I think that would actually be really cool. Yeah. So do you think adding that would also, because you've mainly been talking about EVS, you would see some play in Apex with that? Absolutely. Oh, I, I ne- honestly took them all the time as out-of-keyword models because of all of their movement shenanigans they've had. I took them more out-of-keyword than actually in one of their keywords. Yeah, because, like, honestly, I always felt it was extremely difficult to find a spot for them in their own keyword. Um, but I think with this and with, with how many markers there are in the current gaining grounds, I think this has really opened them up to to abuse real in, in interesting and neat ways. And also uh, it would open up their harpoon gun a bit to just do janky nonsense. Cool. I like it. Um, and real does have a suit requirement on a minion. So it's not like it's too crazy. I think even with the reconfigure only staff. Yeah. It's moved, so it's yeah. Like you can't like, no I mean, you only, you only need an, yeah, you only need a three of masks for it to go off, technically. Um, if you're cheating out of your hand. Yeah. Well, I mean, period. You only need a three of masks for it to function. Oh, yeah, it is only a three of masks. Yeah, but if you cheat, you can cheat literally any mask to make it to make it work. All right. Um, how about Bayou? Hey, first one I have up for that is the Rasslers. Now, I've 
absolutely love these models, and it is a crime against humanity that we don't get to see them on the board more. So uh, I uh, came up with a few ideas on this. Um, now they, again, kind of like what I talked about before, they do have uh, quite a few things uh, that are going for them on their card. Five wounds, five costs, hard to wound. So chances are a min two is going to take three hits to kill them. We have the squeal trigger. Uh, they are reasonably fast with the move five and the rush. So, uh, you know, they have a seven inch threat and then the squeal trigger. Um, my changes on them were to their melee attack. So they have a zero inch range and zero inch range, as everyone knows, sucks. So I'm changing that to one inch. I understand why it's zero because they're, as the action is called, they are wrestling. So we're going to, though, we're still going to give them a one inch uh, melee on that. And then I want to change their ram trigger, um, slingshot slobber knocker. Great name for a trigger, but it's not a very good trigger. You have to have um, a friendly model close by. You're pushing them through, and at the most, you're doing one damage if the enemy model fails its duel. So I thought since, you know, wrestlers, everyone likes a good tag team match, we take out the ram trigger and we put in the mass trigger coordinated strike. So you have one or two of these with Macha Roja. Um, we could even, if uh, since there are some good beaters in Bayou, we could even maybe uh, keyword lock this. So instead of just friendly model gets to take a scratch action, uh, friendly infamous model gets to take a scratch action. So you have one or two of these with Macha Roja. One, if one of these guys gets off that coordinate strike trigger, giving Macha Roja another attack, um, it can be pretty devastating uh, having a tag team with these guys in Macha Roja. So uh, I think if you did that, um, I think you would see these models a lot more. One inch scratch and give them coordinated strike. And add an off the top rope, uh, uh, basically a pouncing strike with less uh, range. Yep, you could do that. Yeah, off the top rope. You know, choose, choose your uh, wrestling uh, metaphor, however you would like. But yeah, I think, you know, you could do something like that if you wanted to make it a little bit more in theme with their uh, luchador uh, masks and uh, wrestling talents. So so maybe instead of uh, coordinated strike, you do keyword lock it and just call it tag team? Yep, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, tag team. Keyword, yeah, keyword lock it and uh, let them go to town. I like that. Um, something I think that kind of needs changing across the board is the toss in the mud ability, and I've talked about it a little bit on here, I think, but I think toss in the mud should just be changed to a one-inch melee action so that you can charge and do it. Uh, it's still, most models that have it need at least a seven to pull it off, so at least make it a little more, uh, a little easier to pull off in a game, because um, I really never use it right now, uh, especially because it is a, a full action to actually do it, so... Another idea. I still agree with the overhauling toss in the mud a little bit because I really like that since I said it. But I'd love to see wrestlers actually on the board. Not that we have many Bayou players around to put them on the board, but mm-hmm. yeah. All right, about uh, the dirty terrorist faction. I thought a long and hard about a couple of different models, and uh, I guess I'll go with. 
Essence of Power. I picked two Essence of Power is one that uh, I hear lots of bad things about. I've never wanted to actually play it. I've never seen the use for the four stones. Um, I've yeah, I've never found a way. So I've kind of liked the thought of building on its full support uh, model, and I'm bringing it up here on my own. Th- so I know because I did so many changes to this that a lot of it's adding because it just needed additions. <laughs> but I did get rid of the empower part, which I know is kind of was the whole fluff. I think behind it, it's the essence of power. It's empowering Soulstone users, but when I get to what I'm adding to it, I think you'll leave why. I also got rid of its current actual attack action, making this a full support model. Um, so we're going to get rid of its power blast and essence, the empower. And then we're going to add first uh, two more bonus actions. So it's basically, it's going to be which other three things do you want to do? Do you want to do the amplify, which gives a three inch aura friendly models get to add plus one to their final duel needs a five. And that's till end phase. And then I wanted to add Eruption, same range, 3-inch aura, needs a 5. Until end phase, friendly models can add a Blast to all damage flips. And then a Siphon, which is a 6-inch aura, needs a 7. When a model dies within range, add a Soul Stone to your pool. So it's like, pick what support you want. And then the real fun of it is, instead of having that attack action, I'm going to add in Wild Energy or Wild Power action it's a six inch range tactical action that uh needs at least a six so a 10 inch target number stat four low stat because this can actually go against opponents uh remove a condition from the target uh and then it has four triggers that a trigger must be declared if able so taking a little bit from bayou the ram uh gives the target injured one a tome gives the target shielded one a mask uh, places the target completely within three inches, and a crow gives the target poison plus one. So it's this whole random surge of power. You get to remove a condition, so you can get rid of stunned off your own friendlies, or try with the stat four to remove burning off a of Karis, and then give it a different condition because it's still a wild surge of power. And in Arcanists, where you pretty much just have the effigy for condition removal, it would probably be worth it. I have to say, I feel a little attacked when you say we're going to be removing stunned. <laughs> well, it's any condition. Stunned is a very... I mean, it's worth taking off stunned sometimes to give your own model injured. Because stun can be so deadly. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I do like the... I've always liked the uh, you must declare trigger thing, so adding that in there, that's always uh, good. Cause, you know, a little bit of risk, a little bit of reward, depending on what you flip. I mean, in general, getting rid of slow, stunned, staggered, whatever is really hampering your crew uh, can be huge. So sometimes getting, I mean, they still get positives. If you get a mask or a tome, it's 50-50 chance to get something positive. Of course, you could also give shielded to your opponent if you're trying to remove a condition off of them. Whoops. Well, I mean, I'd rather see shielded on them than fast. Oh, or shielded on them instead of poison 12 on a McMorning model? Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, I don't, I like it. And it's all, I mean, it's still only on a four soulstone model, 
that is four wounds. It is incorporeal, but you know you can still one shot this off the board if you need to get rid of their, you know, this piece that's doing so much. That's why I didn't think it's overpowered to add this much toolbox in into one model. I like it. Well, we're kind of sneaking around, so why don't you go again, Brian? All right, so heading back into my favorite 10 Thunders. Uh, I cannot pronounce this model to save my life, but it is the 8-cost henchman for Amano Nozaku. No, sorry, for Asami. Um, I'm looking at Ogaharu Batari is how I'm going to pronounce it. I'm probably really effing that up. But at 8 cost, there's a lot on this card, at least front of the card. It's got Unnerving Presence, which is great. Diving Charge, which is great. Drawn to Essence, which can come into play if you ever played the model. From Beyond, which is the keyword thing. And Devoured Souls to get rid of some of that flicker. But it really gets hampered because it's not a 3 AP model that is an 8 cost henchman. And it's not even a min 3. Like, its damage attack is a 2-3-5 stat six that at most you're going to get two attacks from even with flicker so you can try to spike to five it doesn't even have that top end of six um it does have a lure which you can gain a flicker to attempt to do twice because of unnatural speed but it is just lacking so what i thought about doing is really making this play with asami too because she really needs help in my opinion um so I got rid of the Drawn to Essence and replaced it with Made to Kill. And that's going to come into play because if you played against Ten Thunders, Ototo has a tactical action that we're going to remake into Rift Markers. So Ototo's is with Shadow Markers. We're going to call this uh, the Unstable Rift, um, which is a 6-inch range. Uh, it needs a 5 with a mass trigger not built in. But it would drop a rift marker within six inches. Uh, and then models within two inches would have to pass the target number 13 move duel or gain slow. And then the mass trigger to place this model into base contact with the marker. So if you're doing this, not only does it help Asami to get out rift markers, which are hazardous and you need them for the crew to really do all its shenanigans. But it also gives her the place to then be able to get that extra AP for the made to kill. Uh, the extra place, which teams in with the removing, the moving, and um, uh, and then thereby removing a flicker. Also, the placing crows of Lady Yume. So it kind of just goes with the theme of Asami 2 a little bit. Uh, and then a bonus action, because, hey, she still needs a bonus action because she doesn't have one, uh, to remove a terrain marker within 2 to heal. That way, if you are playing uh, her with Asami 1... You're not just killing her by putting these rift markers out and placing her into base contact with them. Because without Asami 2 on the board, it you do not say that uh, your Oni can ignore rift markers. And it also gets marker removal. So how much would she be healing off of that? Just one? Heals two. So it would be a net gain of uh, one, basically. Or just healing two. And it's a bonus, so she'd only do it once per turn. And she needs a terrain marker. Yep, and a terrain marker to do it. That doesn't seem too unreasonable. It's a situational, but considering she's already getting probably 3 AP, because you're anytime that you want to be doing it, dropping 
and doing that thing, her actual rift marker dropping, I think is great. And it's shorter range than Asami because she can place into base to base. So between that and diving charge, she's a very mobile uh, beater at that point. Which has always been her theme. Yeah. But she never gets played. <laughs> Only having two AP hurts, even at move six, without even a flurry or even an onslaught trigger. She does have shove aside, so it's not as bad, but it, it doesn't come up nearly as enough. But you really that. want to be doing from the heavens because you're really taking her to take out other like henchmen. Yeah, from like when, once you hit a certain stone cost and especially if you're a henchman i feel like there's a there's a bare minimum of action economy that's expected from a model and as she currently stands i don't think she uh she has that not by a long shot unfortunately because i love the model those claws and the whole eyeless face with the hair and everything it's great i just don't get to actually put her on the board because she just never gets her point cost back yeah i i, I like them Anything else? Or are we moving on? I, I think I just made too good of a model because none of y'all can say bad things about what I said. No, James, your mic is muted. Oh, good, because I just fucked up a joke I was trying to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have to keep this in, and now you can tell the joke. Yeah. Well, how about how about them resers? <laughs> Resurrectionists. Okay, um... So the next model I wanted to talk about is Philip and the Nanny. Um, but he's so good. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so everybody knows that Molly's my girl. I love Molly. Um, so Philip is her henchman. Another another eight-stone henchman here. Um, there's there's an, I could go on tirades about the... Uh, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, we lost you for a sec. Oh, that was weird. But I, I could go on tirades about uh, about the keyword and certain issues I have with it. Um, but Philip is who I'm looking to to work on today. Um, Philip, I think, is actually extremely close to being bringable pretty regularly. Um, but I feel like the card sort of conflicts with itself. Um, it's got manipulative, but it's also got boring conversations. So, like... On a defensive standpoint, like it clashes. Like you want it to go late so he doesn't get murdered because he's defense four, but you want him to go early so you can boring conversation. And it's just it's it's a mess. So, um, well, first off, I think he needs to be defense five. Um, this this keyword has way way too many defense four models in it. Like it has only one one enforcer or higher that's not defense four and it's the totem it's defense five if 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 the, if the totem can be defense five then damn it the henchman can be defense five too um he's not a massive monster like all the other other things that are defense four just please defense five um secondly i think pram ram can be stat six just so i mean when he hits something He's not doing it like a freaking five stone minion. But the main thing that I, I, I want to change on this guy 
is that initial clash of the card. And so I want to replace manipulative with first to speak. First to speak is a new ability that was put on to um, Nelly 2. It is the exact inverse of manipulative, where after he's activated, enemy models that attack him suffer a negative to their duel. I think thematically it works perfectly with who he is. He's, he's a, a head that never shuts the fuck up. So, of course, he'd be first to speak because he never stopped to begin with. Um, I think it fixes the clash on the card between his, his activation order on manipulative and boring conversation. And I think that mixed with just slightly better defense and a slightly better set on his attack action would make me consider bringing him all the time. I actually really like switch that switch to first to speak because it is super fluffy and fits the card. Because yeah, I like, played against a lot of Rezzers, and you're right, I end up taking out Phil at the Nanny because he's either doing nothing and sitting in the back, or he goes, and then I wipe him off the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he just dies. It's it's terrible. So, yeah, like, like the second I saw that on Nelly, it was like a chef's kiss moment for Philip and the Nanny because it's fluffy, it fixes the conflict on his card, and it's I, I can't think of anything better without completely like changing other things. And I think he does a lot of neat things with this card. So I think that simple change there, even if I didn't get the other things, if they just changed that, I would definitely consider bringing this model. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it because I don't want to see Philip and the nanny on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Going against uh, another model that has one more question <laughs> no diversion though true but i don't like all my stuff being slow yeah i mean like i i've i've also like dinked around with the idea of him being disguised or having like stealth or something because i feel like that also kind of somewhat thematically works with them i mean disguised especially just because i mean he's he's a, a head hidden in a in a pram pretending to be a baby um but I really do think that, I mean, like, adding Disguised and Distracted, I think, would be a massive shift on the card. I think I think changing it the first to speak would keep it within the established design philosophies of the card while not, like, breaking it entirely. Cool. I like it. How about uh, Scott with the Outcasts? Okay. Uh, next one I have is uh, Malifo Child. So, uh... Buckle up, this is going to be a wild ride. Oh, so, boy. A little bit of fluff on here. So, time goes on, the child <laughs> grows up. So, he's no longer the Malifo child, he's the Malifo teenager. <laughs> Immediately love that. You sure you aren't just making a whole new model? <laughs> yes, I'm making a whole new model. And, no, and if I went with all the notes I made on this, you would need a uh, uh, first edition a stat card for this guy. Oh, my God. So, I, I pared it down. So, okay, so he's now cost four, and he has four wounds because he's grown up. Uh, he's defense five, still willpower four, and he's size two, move five. So he's a little bit taller now. So still keeps manipulative and disguised, but the front of his card is going to be a lot bigger. So one, he has the ability, no creepy old men, so he cannot be hired in uh, Amalgam. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, and then... um. The other ability he has just... is <laughs> just... I want to I want to be one of the cool kids. 
So uh, this is uh, this model's abilities and actions are ignored by models with no keyword. So if you're just a versatile model, this model cannot affect you, which he is only a versatile model. He's not getting a keyword because he's still not one of the cool kids. So his actions and abilities can't affect himself. Okay. So, and then here, oh, so many notes. Um, okay. So his, his, his reason to hire this model. Okay. He has another ability on the front of a card. It's a four inch aura. You can only do this once a turn. Any model that activates, any model that activates within four inches of him. So this is friendly or enemy models. Uh, that model may choose a condition and it can receive that condition as long as it hasn't received that condition uh, earlier in the game. So you can only get a, you can only get like, let's say you activate a model near him and you want fast. If you already have, have had fast this game, you can't get it. If you already had focus, you can't get focus from him. So it uh, prevents him from being just this fast battery for models at the back of your of your crew. So they can get it once, but also too later in the game that if your opponent wins initiative and activates within four inches of him, they can use that ability and now you can't. So a little bit of risk, a little bit of reward. He's versatile. He's an outcast. Who's he want to be friends with? I don't know. Okay. So, oh, also too, when this happens, you have to discard a card and you take one irreducible damage. So. Uh, so there is there is some pain to uh, this that you get. Okay, so he has one attack. It's called Withering Gaze. It's an eight inch range, stat four against willpower. It does one two four. Um, has two triggers. Uh, one is give me a minute. The target gains slow. I know I understand there are triggers that are named something else other than that, but the teenager and you give him a minute. And then the other one is called Stomping Feet. And he, when you get this trigger, he gets he gets to move his move. Or I also thought about making it a push, but so he gets some free movement out of it. So it could be either way. And then he has uh, a tactical free action. It's called Leave Me Alone. It's a three-inch pulse. All bottles within that three inches are pushed three inches away, and he needs a seven to get it off. So kind of like scatter, but it affects all models, not just enemy and it does have a target number. And then he has another tactical action. It's called, that's mine. Don't touch it. It's a two inch range and it removes any marker and it needs a five to go off. So that is the Malifo teenager. Sure. You don't want to give him temper tantrum too. Oh, I have a long <laughs> list of different things. I was coming up from, I get from teenagers, but again, I didn't want to be going on this model for 20 minutes. So I, I had to narrow it down. Uh, not to be the pervy one here, but even 10 years ago when I was a bit younger, uh, like when online dating was just coming around, the big thing you kept seeing from teenagers is no old med, no creepy old med. That was always the thing when we were going around, no creepy old med. Even yeah. though you're only two years older than me, you're creepy. You're 20. I'm 18. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I thought that was... Uh... Some, some nice things. I mean, obviously, you're not going to redo all that. But uh, mainly, I did the versatile thing because fuck Hans. But then I also, then I realized there are also other outcast models that are just have versatile, like the Midnight Stalker and stuff like that. So none of them could benefit from that aura. And uh, and then I also realized, well, 
you know, he's also versatile. So now he can't just, oh, there are no models near me to activate. Well, I'll activate and I'll give myself a condition. So I thought that was kind of nice. Plus, you know, taking the damage, discarding a card. You know, there is some, uh, there is some uh, cost to it for just getting a free, you know, turn one. You can take a sniper and activate Sturm and instantly gains fast. So, but I, you know, I thought it was kind of fun. You know, uh, like playing on that theme you mentioned of him, of him wanting to be like the cool kids. Yeah. Right. You can totally do something with him that's fairly similar to the hopeful prospects and explorers where you could set him up to where if he kills something, he can turn himself into a minion of the keyword that you're playing. Yep. Yeah, that's, that'd be something that'd totally be doable. Totally be doable. Because then he gets to be like one of the cool kids. Yeah. <clears throat> and really, we get rid of this creepy, creepy kid art that is on the card. <laughs> so as we have the up right now on the screen as we're talking about it, and the blank starey eyes with the bloody weapons... It is creepy as hell. Kid looks like he's got like the worst case of cataracts you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, and I forgot one of the best things. Uh, his is a the four inch aura where you get a uh, condition from him. Forgot to give you the name on that. It's called Please Adopt Me. Oh, now it got sad. Oh Jesus! <laughs> he's been living on the streets his whole life. He ne- he just needs a loving family. I don't know what movie uh it is because I can't think it off the top of my head, but. It had basically a specter in it that possessed kids through videotapes. And I feel like this teenager has been possessed and is now one of them. Could be. But it's Malifos through books or something old timey. Yeah, because nothing happens when you read the wrong book in Malifos. <laughs> well, we're back to Neverborn. And I could talk about. A couple of the models from the 2D starter set, but I feel like they're probably going to get touched as a group anyway. So I wanted to talk about this guy, the Razor Spine Rattler. It's a pretty interesting model. No Marcus buffs allowed. <laughs> Did they even ever actually release these models? I feel like they're getting delayed over and over again for like three years. I mean, I've never seen one. So I haven't cool. either. <laughs> I, I own I own one. Okay. Well, they have some cool things going on. They have Constriction and Wicked, so um, models that are trying to disengage from them suffer a negative, and then you get to actually hit them with it. Um, And they have a couple cool triggers, but um, I think the main problem with them is that they don't really do enough to warrant giving them upgrades, and the poison that they put out is pretty limited usefulness in the crew. Um, So what I would like to propose is adding a uh, textual action called Venomous Gale, which is a Dota reference, so that makes me pretty cool. And uh, (laughs) it would basically be a bonus action. uh, Staff 5 needing a 10 or something like that. Um, Unresisted, but it would basically pulse out one poison to models within two. And what that would do is it would make it actually kind of useful uh, when you use it with the Iron Scorpius, which uh, shuts down healing and stone usage within also a pretty short range. But um, it could kind of make a little combo piece there 
Uh, you could maybe make the TN a little higher if it's unresisted, or make it a blast off of an enemy or something like that. But it would at least give it a role in the keyword that it's in. Um, I make a little more interesting. I don't think Marcus has a ton of like AOE, and this isn't like crazy AOE, but um, it would at least give it kind of a place in the keyword for kind of a sub uh, sub theme. And it also just kind of looks like it deserves hard to wound, to be honest. But um, might be much too much with considering you gave it armor and stuff. But yeah, that's kind of my idea. Pretty simple. I'll say they have always seemed like a on paper they seem good, although they are size three, which I didn't realize. Mm, yeah, because I'd never see them play, so that could actually make them giant targets for guns. Yeah, you could make they're... them size two. That would be nice. But also means they get to see over things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or well, something. They won't have any actions that they need to see over things. True. You could give them like. A... Like a spit venom action or something? Yeah, exactly. Which would be like blasting poison. Yeah, that would actually be a good example of it. In I like the, uh, the uh, Gorar attack as a, a ranged attack that ends up poison. I was going to say, what's the stupid poison cloud that Rezzers get all the time? Projectile vomit? Yeah, basically <laughs> something along that, but for poison. Well, I mean, there, there's literally a spit venom attack on the Gorar. It's, yeah. it's, it's range 8, stat 5, targeting defense. Target suffers 1, 3, 4 damage and gains poison 1. Like, And that's just another snake. So I feel like that makes total sense. Just give it give it like stat 6 instead of 5 and yeah, there you go. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean, they have the actual other same exact attack action, Venomous Strike. Yeah. You just make it a better Gorar. Yeah, one that doesn't mold into another model. I was just about to ask does it get to get mold for the other? Because I would be totally down for that. No, I mean, it doesn't need to. It's already a 7 cost model. It does It does feel awfully light on text for a 7 cost model. Mm-hmm. Needs something. It's pretty good at like scheming as Deadly Pursuit and Unimpeded. So, maybe let it drop a mark or something, but yeah. It's like a student of Viscera before it gets Von Stuckified. So yeah. so build in the infect trigger on its melee attack. Yes. Build an infect and give it a ranged attack. There you go. And, and make drop- it the student of viscera before it becomes the student of viscera. And if it's dropping markers, it drops web markers. Why would it drop no. web markers? You don't need it to, to pair with all with <laughs> Yes, because then we widow weaver. The Razor Spine Rattler, the Banner Snatch, and Widow Weaver all on the same crew dropping web markers. It is, this a, is a snake. snake. <laughs> It's not a spider. Don't judge me. The more web markers, the better. Your your zoological uh, world is very weird. I know it's a chimera, but it would require an upgrade. Maybe you can give Marcus an upgrade that allows things to drop web markers. Now I'm living in a dream world. Uh... (laughs) All right, well, moving on from that... um... Another model that I really love and is is pretty cool, but I struggle to find a place for him is the Newsy and the Journalist keyword. Um, he has a couple of pretty cool auras and a really good ranged attack, um, but he is four health, four cost, four 
defense and four willpower uh, with manipulative, and that's it. And it is a bystander. It's a bystander. is actually a pretty good ability also. Uh, but um, the problems I have, I guess, are that he is extremely not defended with his abilities, but his auras require him to be up in the opponent's face. Um, so after, read all about it, after an enemy within eight draws a card, you could cycle a card, or kind of the standard journalist thing, when it uh, interacts in range, you can get a focus. So um, I think what I'd like to see would be uh, a change to Throne Newspaper first. This is partially because I thought that this worked a certain way and it didn't work, so I'm just going to change it to make it work for me. Um, I think that you should be able to do it to friendlies and not hurt them. So uh, I think it deserves... Uh, basically, if you're attacking a friendly with it, it doesn't do damage. And that would enable buffing a gust even a little more. This is definitely not a balanced thing because it immediately seems like something that would be broken. But this is what I'm uh, submitting to the conversation, so... Um, thing, In your dream, you can live it. <laughs> the other thing is Frantic Search uh, is a two-inch bonus action where you need to remove a target corpse marker uh, to maybe get a stone half the time. Um, you know how many corpse markers there are in <laughs> Guild? Well, in Journalists especially. They're not making any corpses, uh, unless you're Fiona, I guess. I think this ability could be changed to something a bit more like uh, what the Guild Mage has, where it's just discard a card, remove a marker. That would definitely make it better, or even just increase the range on Frantic Search so that uh, they could actually maybe use it. Because if they are in the combat next to a corpse marker, then it's more likely that they are the corpse marker than they are next to it. Um, I also think Manipulative is just kind of a crappy ability. There's kind of too much of it in Journalist. So I'd love to see, like, Stealth, even though their auras are 8-inch range anyway, just giving them at least, like, a 2-inch area where they're a little bit harder to deal with um, could be enough to make them more useful, especially since they're not disguised. You can still just charge them in. So uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Okay, I hate the idea of being able to hit August Hart and giving him distracted. I've seen what that guy can do. No. But I do have an idea. So on the throne newspaper, uh, what it does is, and it has to be an enemy, so <clears throat> um, change it to kind of like what Titania does with her champions, that, that their auras go off of them. So if you hit someone with a throne newspaper and you get it off, and hit the trigger. You can even make the trigger built in that until the end phase, his auras also go off the model that you hit. Mm. That way he can stay back and still get his auras to be in effect. And he's throwing the newspaper to them. So they're, they're exactly. becoming informed of the issues and making logical decisions based on them. Just exactly. like America. See, there we go. Maybe you could even make it so that the auras are smaller, you know, I mean, his are eight, maybe they're the, whoever you hit. I mean, you could also hit multiple models because you could do it twice, but maybe they're four inch auras or something yeah. like that. They'd definitely be reading all about it then. Yes. 
And I mean, read about all about it is just a card cycle anyway, so I don't think that's too crazy. No, and it's not super like always going to be used, and any model has to draw a card. So there's times when that will never get used unless you're making it happen. Yeah. Or or um, also maybe have another trigger. I know they have the whole distracted thing going on, um, but uh, on the throne newspaper maybe have another trigger where it pushes the enemy model, let's say, five inches away. So I know he's super squishy. You hit someone six to eight inches away, and then you push it back five inches, and now they're you know, they're going to have to walk charge to get you unless they have like a leap or something. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It is only a stat five attack, so it's not yeah. crazy. I mean, those are seem pretty powerful, but still, you're going to need you still need to hit a model, and so that the enemy does have some agency in it, you know, to try and stop it. Mm-hmm. And if he misses, then that newsy is probably going to be dead. Yep. Cool. Well, I agree with my changes, so let's move on <laughs> to. <That's yours. laughs> Okay, um, so explorers, I want to talk about the bellhop porter. Um, this model is really cool, like the model itself. Um, but I feel like it falls into a weird spot because it is a big old defensive model that deals with the shielded condition in a faction that has the intrepid emissary. So for a few stones more, you're getting just a better utilization of some of those functions. And I feel like that kind of leaves the bellhop in a weird place where a lot of what he wants to do isn't good enough or doesn't provide enough value to justify his cost. Um, So he's a seven cost enforcer. He's versatile. Um, and I feel like this whole this whole shielded sort of deal he has, this shielded theme he has going on, basically just needs to go out the window. So I would entirely remove full pack from the front of his card and then in just to sort of make up for the the slight loss in like defensive capability that he has, I would just bump him up to armor too. He's a big metal robot. It seems fine to me um in place of full pack however um i think he should get uh drag along that thing the corpse curator has where he can move markers around i think that would just be a, a neat little thing he is the he is the baggage carrier after all so he's gonna move markers and shit around um and so on top of that so he has at your service, which is something where you can give himself shielded and then kind of pass it out. And it's, again, you have the intrepid emissary. They can just activate near it and gain shielded. So it just it seems like a re- redundant sort of play space for, for a versatile model within the faction. So keep, we, we would keep the name at your service, but uh, strip out the entire function of this action and I would replace it and turn him into a bit of a, uh, an upgrade model. So he's handing out luggage upgrades. Um, it would be, it'd be once per turn. Um, each there, I have ideas for two different upgrades. Um, each of them would have the, the, the preface on it where it would say at the end of this model's 
next activation, discard this upgrade. Um, so the first one would just be called tool bag and it would literally just give the model tools for the job. So for one activation, you get tools for the job. Um, I think it would just be extremely versatile and useful. Um, maybe broken. I don't know. I just think it'd be a cool idea. Um, as for the second one, though, I think this one would be super useful just for the faction as a whole. Um, the second one would be called a shot of uh, a shot of courage, and it would just give the model ruthless. And I think, like we we've noted numerous times, how poor explorers deal with with terrifying and such. Um, they don't have very many options for ruthless models. This would immediately make this model something that you could consider bringing in your your keyword to to potentially hand out ruthless to a model that needs it, so that they can get done what they need to do during their activation. Or, yeah, I mean, you can hand it to them after their activation, and since it goes away at the end of their next activation, it would roll over. So next turn, if you win initiative, you could pop them, start off right immediately, do the thing you need to do, and then try and hand it back off to them again. So it's like handing them out like a, a strong shot of of liquor and some nice gin or something. So he's got the courage necessary to face down the damn ghosts. I was like, I'm glad you picked gin. And so far I'm liking this, but yes, it would be rough because just adding ruthless out is great. Yes, but, I'm but liking it, this it is, it is once per turn. So you can only hand it to one model and they need to be within two inches of this model for him to hand it out to them. So, Okay. Yeah, it was keeping the same stat line of the original action. It's just once once per turn, you hand this person a thing, and yeah, here, here's your, your ruthless or whatever. Or your tools for the job. Or tools for the job, yeah, which I think would be like the more generically useful one. But I think you definitely want to bring this guy so you can hand out ruthless to somebody to deal yeah, with something. Yeah, this would be a for sure tech pick in that would see play at that point. Maybe make it non-master only, just to be safe. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, like that—that that would that would probably be fine. You don't yeah. need to give Ivan ruthless. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just as a Neverborn player, I hate it, but it definitely would make him more hireable. This is the guy who plays exp- uh, the most terrifying crew, Rezzers, telling us to add out ruthless. So I'm okay with it. I think I'm being completely reasonable. Okay. But yeah, I think that would definitely, even if it was just tools for the job, uh, that mm. would you know be something that people would bring in for that ability sure. alone, and then add the ruthless on top of it, and that's just uh, uh, some, uh, I mean, it, it's still a, it's still a situation where you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. So it's not like you can hand both out. And so and you, like and you still. You know, once a turn, you could still fail it and or black joker it, and it doesn't go off at all. Absolutely, yeah. Like you still need a five, and honestly, I feel like the model needs something to differentiate its function from the intrepid emissary. And currently, I feel like it's far too similar in form and function to really see use outside of some like meme choices, like bringing it with with Maxine and like making making uh calypso like i'm not calypso but uh the tide caller size five so we can throw calypso or something it's it yeah like i don't see other like legitimate uses for it 
what is the name of those little party kazoo blaster things that go they like unfurl as you blow into them I have no clue, but I know exactly what you're talking Whatever about. Whatever those are, it could have that upgrade to hand out annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a very limited use of annoying for a short time, but I think it would be really cool because those things are annoying. But yeah, so like, so like just the fact that it is a, so it's the luggage holder. And so like he'd be handing you your luggage and everything. I feel like, because I got, I got the inspiration from it from Von Schiel. And, you know, like rummaging through the trunk for stuff. And I feel like it just, it would separate it. It would kind of put it in a similar, in a weird place where it's kind of similar to like the, uh, the emissary from, from outcast where it has its trinkets it hands out. Um, and you have, uh, the new Rezzer one, the hat, big hat. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that design space has been, has been getting worked with a lot lately. And I feel like, yeah, you could just just let him hand out some luggage, you know, and just, just a few little, like, niche tech choices that would be beneficial to certain places where explorers need it, and, you know, there you go. you got to model like people you want to use. Absolutely. I like it. Weird, no. that one's for free. <laughs> and we're back to buy you, Scott. So, uh, before I... <laughs> Say my next model. I meant to say this last time, but I forgot. So uh, there are some other models that some people were saying I should choose, and I was threatened with great bodily harm. But I'm sticking to older models and not touching any of the new models that are coming out because I heard the backup assistance kind of horrible. But for now, we're sticking with the models that came out at the beginning of here. We'll leave those for later takes. Who knows? Maybe someone will come up with something uh, fancy and make that backup assistant good. But my next pick You're is just uh, too much of a coward to currently take on the worst model in the game. Well, that 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 is a a, a big title, and we, maybe we can discuss that. But for now, we're talking about the lightning bug. So, uh, again, just a couple of things change on this model. One, uh, healing energy he needs an eight for it right now to go off. Um, I say we lower that TN down, so he only needs a six. Um, it's a lot of models at his cost and other factions um, have the ability to do healing energy, and they don't have that high of a TN number. And some of them even get chi to make it even easier. I don't know why you're calling out one of the best healer four-cost models in the game. Uh, I don't know what model you're talking about. I'm just – I just can't, off the top of my head, I mentioned chi, but, you know – but uh, so <laughs> let's, let's lower that healing energy down so it only needs a six to get it off as opposed to an eight right now. And uh, I think he would be a definitely good healer. Also, uh, his elemental bolt, let's get that up to a 12-inch range. Um, this guy is really squishy. Basically, he's fives across the board with five health and nothing else. So and he needs to be a little farther away from the danger zone. So he's going to give a 12-inch elemental bolt as opposed to a 10-inch. And then we're going to change his demise a little bit. Uh, so right now his demise is when he dies. Every model within a two-inch pulse suffers X damage, where X is equal to the number of glowy tokens they have. I want to add a clause into that, that friendly models can spend their glowy tokens to instead of taking damage, they can heal one damage or two damage for every glowy token that they discard up to a maximum of two glowy tokens Uh taken off of them so at the most they could heal four so kind of maybe take his role into 
a long range gun. He's a healer. That's still a really good at healing range. And then if he dies, it's not always going to be bad for uh, friendly models. Because right now, friendly models take damage. So this way, if they want to sacrifice some glowy tokens instead of taking damage, they can also heal. So I think that would make them a little bit better, a little bit farther range, a little more survivable, and uh, much more helpful to the crew. Because not a lot of times are you going to want to have to cheat in an eight. And then the next thing you know, you're flipping a one for your heal. So you just used an eight to get one point on heal. So I think that would uh, definitely make the lightning bug a little bit more attractive. I do find it sort of interesting that both the lightning bug and the Bokur have healing energy, um, considering they are part of the same keyword. Yeah. And they're only, they're only one cost different from each other. Yeah. I mean, before you never took the lightning bug for healing unless you were desperate. Um, you're mainly taking it for the if you're going to be facing armor, so it's it's elemental bolt can use a glowy token to make it irreducible, assuming you even hit the trigger because it's not built in, and even then you were hardly seeing them at all because there was a better option than hopefully you're flipping a tome to uh, to uh, have an irreducible attack. So I think this one makes them a little bit more into a, instead of a, bringing them just on the offhand chance to get irreducible that he's a decent healer. Can get some range of damage, and his demise isn't as bad for friendly models because he's going to be want to be in the back around his friendly models. He doesn't want to be up in it because, you know, he, he die he can die to one hit, and you know that's not where he wants to be. So I think this will make him a little bit more attractive. I will say I do think after the comparison for one less soul stone, they could make him a stat six on that heal. Considering I don't want to hear an overabundance going forward that, you know, a certain model is the best healer with the same exact tactical action. They should be the same stack, considering they cost lower. So yep. bump them up to that stat six. Totally get that. Especially since in that keyword, you do want to damage your own model. So I think that's maybe why there's so much healing in the crew. Maybe why initially it was so low, because in Windspang, you need to damage yourself to get glowy and fast. Yeah, sure. Uh but they don't have any pulse here. I'm not super familiar. I don't think they have a pulse heal. Um, I know the Gutro had a trigger on their heal to pulse heal. I don't okay, know so if they still has it after the... Uh, yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, it's still there. Healing so that's the big difference then between the five and the six stone for the heal is they can get the pulse heal if they get the right trigger and, yep. and Lightning Bug can't. Yep. All right, well... Uh... Probably, why don't you uh, finish us off with Arcanists? All right. I have been playing this master, and I'm not fixing the master, but I have been playing off and on Rasputina uh, since before Mark Three, and I will say it was a big difference in Mark II. Uh But since transitioning into Mark Three, I have never put these models on the board. I haven't actually even painted these models, so I never played them in Mark II either. <laughs> uh, the Horcat. Um, I have kind of thought about this a lot, and I've thought of a lot of different things to do <laughs> for these models, and this is just the, what I've decided so far, trying to keep them in some sort of role for the crew, why you would bring them. Um, they are a five cost model and we're not going to change any stat lines, of course, on them. So they're still size one, uh, and 
and low stat for defense. I'm bringing them up real quick. Because uh, I have to look at my notes. Okay, so we're going to kind of completely overhaul the front of the card. We're going to take off their manipulative because one focus shot can spike to six damage and kill them anyways. Um, take off Tundra Hunter and Eat Your Fill. These aren't going to be the anti-scheme runners. I think they were meant to be with move six. Uh, we're keeping Trample and uh, actually we can probably get rid of Stealth here as well. So basically get rid of the front of the card except for Trample. Uh, then we're going to add Terrifying 10. Very low, but they're a five cost model. And then we're going to create something called December's Beast or something along the lines. Pretty much just says this model cannot be taken if Marcus is your master. Because they are a beast and I don't want to give him something really awesome. I want to keep this to keyword. Um, add a Snowdrift's ability on the front of the card, which basically just means this model and all friendly models have concealed within three inches aura have concealment. Uh, give them a little more ability to get up in the fray and a little more support for the crew. Make them want to be around the crew. Um, then when we get to the back of the card, they have a claws attack action. It's one, two, four, stat five. Looking around, there's not very many stat or five cost of models that have a one for their bin. That's a, that's a four stone model attack action. It is very much so. And I don't think it has to be great, because again, I'm trying to keep them out of main attacker into like a support attack. So I went with a 2-2-3 two, two, stat line, then push the, the model up to an inch, and then this model may move up to an inch towards it. So like a smaller Blessed of December type attack, which goes a lot with some of the hazardous aura and stuff the rest of the crew can do with the ice golem and a few things. So it kind of combos and has some synergy there. Uh, I took off the swallow you whole trigger, kept the armor piercing trigger, and then added a pouncing strike trigger. I think it makes sense thematically with a giant horcat, uh, with a lynx, any type of bounce thing. And it's a small damage track, but hey, it's still extra damage, and they can kind of leap around. Um, I then gave them a bonus, tact or not a bonus, but a tactical action. Look what the cat coughed up. <laughs> Something along those lines which is just place a corpse marker within two inches. Um, basically, to, for some synergy with OG Rasputina to get some extra healing for the Grim Feast, or look with a cat dragon, something along those lines. It gives you some of those corpse markers that every model has Grim Feast. So uh, every living model has Grim Feast. It gives them something to use that for if it's couldn't, trying to stick around. Couldn't it, couldn't it have like something like Pounce on Chest, too? Yeah, it could have pounce on chest as well. I know I gave it the ambush okay. tactical action, mm -hmm. but it could have pounce instead. Just something thematic. Because honestly, looking at this thing, it's almost like the it's like the Arcanist's like shitty version of a Komanu. Yeah, it doesn't have any armor, but you could also technically summon these now with armor and Raspy too. Uh, so they'd actually be halfway decent. Um, but so I just try to keep them as a very support, handing out the concealment, having a little bit of extra AP, um, and just kind of switching the role to the second line coming in. So maybe even giving them a coordinated strike trigger in there as well, 
I mean, you're going to have to choose one of them, so it can't do everything. But it's not meant to do the main damage, but a support runner. Sure. Now, is it dropping corpse? Is that is that a free action? So is it competing with the Grim Feast, or did you get rid of the Grim Feast? I kept the Grim Feast, but I also instead added like ambush okay. as a, a bonus. Um, it was a, a, not a bonus tactical action, so it'd be rare to use it, but it's still there and very fluffy. Yeah, I think people might. And also, if you had things like, um, it could also fit in with somewhere. What what's the scheme I'm thinking of? Research mission. Yep. Or who knows what other type of schemes might be coming up? But just another type of marker generation for a crew that always can do scheme already and then also do ice pillars and now corpse technically yeah the ability to move models especially i just ran into that ice golem uh hazardous aura last week and uh that's pretty nasty so if you're moving models inside that aura that's that's yeah not somewhere you want to be and keeping the trample so you can move through other models with movement six size one um i actually get thought about for a while maybe giving it the like unimpeded or um, not affected by the height of the terrain either, uh, whatever that ability is. It's only on one other model, well, considering they're cats. Yeah, I like that. But I thought it'd be too OP for a five cost, but if I was living the dream, I'd give them that. <laughs> Although they are a 40 mil base on these little, little tiny models it is odd it's yeah 40 mil and they're size one well yeah. in second edition they were horcat pride so there you there was more uh, there was several of them on the base so that okay that, that's why that was i mean that okay hmm. see i never play. i mean i didn't actually play arcanist in second edition i had the models i never put them anything even together until third edition so but I played Raspy and a bunch of Ice, Gol- uh, Ice Golem and Ice Gamut in second at the very end. That was fun. Nice. Well, I think that about wraps up uh, what we had to say today. Uh, I think we'll definitely come back to this. I think it's a pretty fun kind of brainstormy episode format. We had a couple that we didn't really get to. So I think we'll come back to this again. Yeah, there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of shitty models out there that we could break for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess before we go, everybody, make sure to check out the Discord link in the show notes. Uh, we got some people. I'm I have ADHD, so I'm checking that shit all day, every day. Um, other than that, I got my blog and my YouTube. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to promote? No, just just the Discord. Uh, we don't have much along the lines of conversation going on right now, and I'd love to, you know, BS with some people. Uh-huh. Nope, nothing for me. Okay, cool. Well, um, as usual, feel free to reach out to breachburn at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or feedback. This was a pretty pretty out there episode, so don't take it too seriously, but. Uh, I think there are definitely some models in the game that are just a little under, under, uh, under the curve. Under the curve, yeah, sure. They um, didn't get enough love when they were created. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
so yeah thanks for listening and uh see you next time